All right. So we are uh, in the second part of this background of uh, Corinthians, specifically First Corinthians, but Corinthians in general. And as we ease into this, it's it's important to remember we're going to talk about Corinth for a minute, but but Paul's background is also feeds in. You know, it's important. It feeds into this. You know, Paul was raised as a devout Jew, so he was in, he was raised in a Jewish home. Um, he was a Pharisee by training. So he's very familiar with that line of thinking, and that's part of when we see him butt heads with the Pharisees. He he does that effectively, and he takes them on effectively because that's how he was raised. So he knows what they're thinking. He knows what they believe. He knows what they do. He was both Greek and a Roman citizen, so he can speak into those cultures. Um, he was he was certainly very well equipped to understand Rome and and the culture of Corinth. Um, in, in, in terms of first Corinthians, this, this letter was written about 18 ish years after Jesus's resurrection. In fact, we can see in, in acts 18, you can see a lot of the background, um, just reading through the, the first of acts 18, like here, it says it, um, in, in Paul, uh, it, or in acts 18, it says after, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth and he found a Jew named Aquila a native of Pontus recently from uh, uh, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome and he went to them and because he was of the same trade which was a tent maker he stayed with them and worked um, and they were tent makers by trade and, and he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks and if you read on it's it's here you we we see that apparently in Corinth Paul kind of pivoted his ministry from the the Jews to the Gentiles. He, he, he kind of threw his hands up in a sense with the Jews and, and, and focused mainly on the Gentiles from here on out. You can see that he came from, from Athens down to Corinth. That was the direction of his journey. And this letter that the Corinthians got was, um, you know, the church there in Corinth that Paul kind of planted was about a hundred people, apparently some, somewhere around there. And it was about two years later when Paul had continued on to Ephesus that he had gotten word about this, what was going on in the church that we talked about yesterday. And he sent this letter back. So that's, that's kind of Paul and, and a little bit of the background from yesterday that we talked about, but Corinth itself, it was a it was a very important city in the ancient world. Um, in about 146 BC, the Romans decimated the city and, and, and laid it bare um, for about a hundred years until under Julius Caesar, it was ordered to be rebuilt. And um, af after that, um, soldiers were given land there. Uh, Greeks flocked there uh, to rebuild it. Immigrants were involved in that process and, and became um, a large part of the culture there. Um, and it, and it was really a major shipping port. If you pull it up on a map, you can see that it, it you kind of pass by Corinth. Um, if you're going to get to a lot of other places, um, the population was about a hundred thousand people apparently, which made it about five times larger than Athens, which is, is actually kind of interesting. Um, so Corinth is about a hundred years old. It's a fairly young and vibrant city when, when Paul gets there. Um, and just, Something that really adds, I, I thought something I bumped into that really adds to the cultural context. So if you were to try to sail around the southern tip of um, Achaia, which is the the land mass that Corinth is kind of sitting on, if you if you were going to try to sail around the bottom, which is how you get from the Aegean Sea over through the Mediterranean Sea 
and, and on over towards Italy. Um, the southern tip of Corinth was, or, or Achaia, which is the landmass again that Corinth is sitting on. So the southern tip of Achaia was known to have these crazy winds and and terrible currents, and it was a very dangerous um, uh, place. And so, what, what people would do is they'd actually, and again, you got to kind of pull a map up for this, but people would sail into Corinth, and a lot of times they'd offload their ship. Uh, offload their cargo on their ships and they would actually pull the cargo across. It was about a four mile strip of land to get from the Southern tip to the Northern tip that, that connected to the sea. Again, there was no canal at the time. And so they would literally pull their cargo across the land um, across almost like a trolley system or a tram system that they would set up. Um, and and then they would sail the, the ship around the bottom side of the Achaia and around up to the other side of Corinth. They'd get they'd reload the ship and they'd sail on. Um, and that way, if the ship wrecked, they could leave the ship and they wouldn't lose all the cargo. Um, so in their stories, there are people quoted as saying, if you make it, you know, around the southern tip more than once, you're, you're certainly a lucky person. I mean, it's just it, it's amazing to think that how many shipwrecks there probably were right there. Um, so it'd be interesting to go back. I, I bet there's a lot of history we've dug up finding wrecks right there. Um, and then one other little tidbit, just culturally, that's, that's, that I think is interesting. There was, there was a, um, a, um, almost like an Olympic type games called the Isthmian games. Um, and it was only second to the Olympics in popularity, but it was a very popular athletic event and it ha happened on alternating years and it worked kind of around the Olympics. So um, it's interesting that the, in Corinth there is where people would would come to compete in these games. And Corinth didn't have enough um, lodging where everybody could, you know, thousands of people coming in would have places to stay. And so what did they do? Well, they would utilize a tent maker. So that put Paul and Priscilla and Aquila right in the center of that cultural context that people would have to come work with them and get tents and it gave him a ministry opportunity. Really interesting. And then, and then we see in First um, uh, Corinthians nine. Um, it's interesting. We see this famous verse: "Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it." Every athlete exercises self control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. And and he, you know that's a famous quote. Or, or, or some; those are some famous verses from First Corinthians nine, and it seems that they're drawn out of this context of this athletic event. Paul, uh, we believe, was there during one of the Isthmian games, and so um, it's interesting how that plays out in in his in his writing. So, um, really, some neat context for Corinth. Um, it resembles Corinth really resembles America in a lot of ways. So, it places our lives and our culture. Um, and us into the context of what Paul's going to teach and makes it really kind of come alive. So hopefully that helps a little bit tomorrow. We'll actually dive in and start reading with a lot of that background in place.